When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. When it's time to get a new window or a new door, you got to go with Pella. Why? Because they can provide window and door solutions to any home and because the people are fantastic. Brian, Clint, Steve, Vince, the whole gang, everybody's great. And you know what's also great? The fact that you're going to be working with Pella the entire time. Did you realize, I didn't know this, that when you work with some other window companies, all of a sudden questions are popping up like, who, who's gonna who's installing this? Who's proofing this? Who's doing that? Who's doing this? And before you know it, you're working with like four or five different people. Massive disaster, massive headache. You want the convenience and simplicity of working with one company, not three or four. That is Pella. Check them out on the web, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. All right, on today's pod... Uh, John Niatawa, Omaha World Herald, uh, Creighton basketball beat writer. It has been an eventful week for Creighton hoops uh, with a bunch of different things going down. Uh, Davion Mintz announces that he is leaving to grad transfer. Then he announces that he's going to Kentucky. Uh, Tyson Alexander announces that he's entering the NBA draft, testing the waters but not hiring an agent. But According to Jeff Goodman, it sounds like he's going to remain in the draft. Like, there's just a bunch of different stuff. Creighton gets a a Duke transfer and Alex O'Connell. There's just been a million different stories. Uh, but the big one is the Tyshawn news, and there's a lot to discuss uh, on that front. So I, I I grabbed the old iPhone. I hit up John Niatawa and said, you want, to, you want to break this down with your boy? And, of course, John is always gracious with his time, uh, and uh, he knows the team so well, covers the program, wanted to pick his brain. So let's get to it, man. We cover uh, all the different angles of all the different things happening in Creighton's offseason. Uh, so here is my podcast conversation with uh, Creighton beat writer, Omaha World Herald, John Niatawa. Well, his name is John Niatawa. He covers Creighton for the Omaha World Herald. also does the Half Court Press podcast uh, with uh, – Chris Hetty talk a lot of Creighton and Nebraska ball hoops on that pod, but right now he joins me on my pod. Uh, John, this should be like everyone's bored, quarantined, social distancing, nothing going on, but this has been like a crazy week in the world of Creighton basketball. You've you've been busy, man. I know. it. You think the season ends and that's your moment to exhale. Right. But I think if you talk to any college coach, they'd be like, are you serious? <laughs> like, <laughs> It's about as busy in April. Well, I guess we got a jump start on this because of the coronavirus. Um, the off season started a couple of weeks early, but right. normally April is as news filled as like February and March. So, yeah, it's been busy, and you know, the, I feel like the last few years at Creighton, there's been a coaching change, right? Uh, as part of the assistant coaching ranks as well, in the midst of player movement. So. Um, I mean, knock on wood, it seems like the staff's intact at this moment. So right. we'll just worry about the players at this point, so, which is a lot. There's a lot to, to – over. The, I mean, literally, it's been like past seven days. It almost seems like every day or every other day, like fairly significant news has come with Creighton Hoops here. I, but we got to start with – so we're taping this about – it's about 5 o'clock on – I don't even know. Is it Friday? Yeah, it's Friday, April 10th. Uh, the big news of the day is uh, Tyshawn Alexander and uh, – I'll just read. So he, it starts with the. There's a Jeff Goodman tweet uh, coming down about ten o'clock this morning that that reads as follows: Creighton guard Tyshawn Alexander expected to declare for the NBA draft, and barring a change of heart, his intention is to remain in the draft and bypass his senior season. NBA source told at Stadium, uh, he says a hit to a Blue Jay team that is currently in everyone's preseason top four. And, you know, I, I, I think you tweet, you and I were texting and it, we're not surprised that Tyshawn is testing the NBA draft waters. I think everyone expected that, but I do think it is surprising to hear that his intention is to stay in the draft, barring some big change of heart or just some big alteration to what's happening in his life right now. 
right. I guess was that kind of your like again if someone said yeah t- I fully expected Tyshawn to to test the waters but you you read that Goodman tweet and then you even read Tyshawn's statement from uh, uh, from the from the university and it, at this point you'd almost say it sounds like Tyshawn's gone right and we're slated to hear a little bit more from Tyshawn later tonight so we're recording this on a Friday he's going to talk uh, to some reporters later tonight. So maybe we'll get a little bit of clarity. My sense of it today after having some conversation with some folks is that, you know, I don't think Goodman's t- tweet is inaccurate. He, inaccurate. He cited an NBA source with knowledge on the situation. So that in that person's opinion, he or she thinks Tyshawn is going to go. But is that exactly what Tyshawn thinks? I don't know. Does anyone really know what Tyson thinks? I mean, he could say the same thing to two different people. Sure. And they could be like, oh, you know, one guy is saying, I think he's gone. Another guy says, well, maybe he's going to stay. I don't know. And I don't know if, if you as, as a player would want to show your cards or show your hand at this moment in time because we're early in the process. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's I, I agree with you. It's, it, it would be a surprise if indeed, you know, for sure, Tyson was like, I'm ready to go. Um, but then again, you know, when you kind of really think about it in totality, I was texting with you a little bit in February with the, the way the season was rolling. Tyson Alexander took a jump. He was a surefire all big East first teamer, you know, like he had made that improvement as a defensive player. He was still as efficient as ever offensively. It just seemed like he had the look of a player who had accomplished what he needed to in college. Like he was on that path and what kind of threw a wrench in it was a coronavirus, at least in my opinion, the coronavirus thing threw a wrench in in the whole schedule because now suddenly you're talking about the draft getting pushed back till August, maybe no combine. If there are workouts, um, individual first, like in-person workouts, those don't happen until July, maybe if they happen at all. So all of a sudden, like, the traditional chance for a guy like Tyson Alexander, who we would view at this point as a fringe draft pick, yeah. like a second round guy, potentially. Yep. Um, this is the time where he can really make a move. You've seen a lot of guys make moves over the last few years in May, uh, late April, May, but nothing's going on in late April, May. And we don't know if anything will go on like normal, uh, even once the draft is held. So that's why it's a little bit of a surprise that you would see any sort of certain, like any sort of, uh, hey, I know for sure what I'm going to do. And I don't think, again, I haven't spoken with Tyson yet, but I don't think you're going to hear that directly from him. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, why don't I, I mean, let me read his statement, you know, I mean, because I think it's uh, his, his statement also. So Tyshawn, through the university, his official statement was, quote, after much prayer and numerous conversations with my family and coaches, I have made the decision to declare for the NBA draft. These past three seasons at Creighton have been filled with unforgettable memories that have allowed me to transform me into the player I am today. My experience at Creighton has also strengthened me into a resilient individual. I am humbled and excited to see what the future holds in my life and thankful to Creighton University for everything it has done for me. That strikes me as a goodbye, not necessarily a Mm -hmm. see you later. But again, no one really knows. I mean, Doug tells the story, you you know, he tells the, the, the infamous story that he was in Coach Mack's office and they were going over different draft boards and what guys were saying and all this stuff. And on a whim, he was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm coming back. I, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm definitely going to come back. And it was made in that instance. So sometimes, you know, there, nothing's for sure until it's for sure. But I'm with you. I felt like, again, this entire time, I thought Tyshawn was going to go test the NBA waters. But I actually felt like this pandemic hitting at the time that it did was going to almost seal that Tyshawn was going to stay in at Creighton because if there's a guy that really needed the pre-draft workouts, the one-on-one workouts, the two-on-two workouts, the combine, it's Tyshawn because let's be honest, Tyshawn's a guy that needs to do all he can to increase his stock. And with how things are laid out, at least as of right now, everybody's draft stocks kind of frozen as to what it is. You know what I mean? Like, right. and, and, and so, you know, we think about, we don't know what he's thinking. Well, the big thing and, and only Tyshawn and I'd imagine the coaches know this is what did the NBA draft advisory committee 
say about Tyshawn. You know, like yeah. as much that, that's right. I just hope Tyshawn. There are so many different ways to look at this here, John. I know I'm talking for a while here, but like you can you can look at it from a business and logical standpoint and go, hey, just go off of what the 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 feedback says and all that stuff. Or there's kind of just what's in his heart. And listen, if if what is in his heart is he just wants to move on to that next stage of his basketball life, like I get it, man. I mean, sometimes you're ready to turn the page, even if that doesn't make a ton of business sense. Sometimes you're ready to kind of embark on that new journey, and that might be where he's at. Yeah, and kind of to an extension of that, because you're right, there's so many more factors involved with this decision than I feel like used to be five years ago, 10 years ago. Like it used to be, if you're not a lottery pick, stay. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, well, if you're not a first round draft pick, stay. Now, dude, guys are leaving early. Um, and I, I imagine, yeah, they're hopeful they get drafted, but they kind of know they're not getting drafted, but they're okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that more players are seeing the value of their earning potential. They're like kind of what you said, mind their, their mind frame is sort of set on the idea of I'm ready to – get you know i'm ready to monetize on my skills like mm-hmm. i'm ready to make money now and i feel like i've accomplished what i needed to in college and made the development that i needed to now it's go attack the pros um i think of a guy like fred van vliet i think of a guy like kendrick nunn guys who went yeah. undrafted and now are making money in the nba or at least have established themselves in the league like i feel like there's more and more stories like that there's more and more stories of guys going overseas and then coming back um the G League, you know, like there's certainly a stigma, I feel like, among fans who are like, oh, you want to go to the G League? But it doesn't seem like players really have a problem getting paid to develop. Um, you know, I just I, I, I definitely I, I guess my thought is, is that I think that college players, high school players, I think that just the player has altered the way he views that route Absolutely. to the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think you're exactly right. But it's just it's again, what's hard about this was is again we don't know we don't know what's in his heart. I mean, Tyshawn, like if Tyshawn yeah. was sitting here and if he just said, John, Nick, guys, I just man, I, I this is the NBA is a dream of mine. I'm ready to attack it. Like you can't argue with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're like no. I get it. I, I I totally get it. Now I, I do think there are that if. Ultimately, though, you got to always kind of view your career also from a business standpoint lens as well. And, you know, you bring up the money, and that's where it's changed. Over the years, the the second-round picks contracts have changed a ton. It used to be second-round pick. You weren't guaranteed anything. John, last year, the first 18 picks in the second round, so pick, what, 31 through 48 pretty much. All got basically the same deal. Two years, $2 million guaranteed with a third-year option. Yeah. That's, that's. I mean, I don't know about you. <laughs> $2 million is $2 million guaranteed. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I get it. But here's the thing is, those last 10 picks and all those other guys that get on, on you know, a two-way G League contract is around two dollars to $300,000. There's a big difference between $2 million and $200,000. And right. th- these are the kinds of things that Tyshawn, I think, when you when you bring in business and, and thinking about, like, he's got to think about that. Because the, I would say right now, this is just me, I would say right now, like gun to my head, do I think Tyshawn would be drafted? I don't. I, I I don't think he'd be drafted. Or if he would be, he'd fall into that late final five ten picks, and then you're then you're rolling the dice where it's like now you're signing a two way contract instead of a guaranteed two million dollar contract, and there's a big difference. So here's my question: What guarantee or chance is there that Tyshawn's stock would improve by staying? Because I think you can make the argument that it wouldn't. You know, I, I obviously you know he's going to get better. Um, you know that uh, he's a hard worker and committed to uh, this team, and they're going to have a lot of success. And as you say a lot, and I agree with you, as team as you experience team success, individual success comes with it, accolades, sure. attention, hype, all that. But you know. Most players are who they are by their junior year, and the and the way that the NBA scouts look at it, they're like they're always projecting. 
So once they have the book on you, once they believe that they know who you are, they don't like go in and edit it. Like sure. that's who no, that you're that guy. We, we think we know who you're going to be at age 25, 26. Um, and it's hard to change their opinion when you're 18. That book is not written yet. And so you'll find teams take chances on those guys because they're, they're what they think is uh, what this guy could be is, is, is maybe different than others. So I think viewing it through the lens of the NBA scouts and how they make their decisions uh, perhaps that's another reason yeah, why that's a good point though would go. yeah and and I see that both ways I mean because like for instance I thought that was what the the argument you just laid out I thought was the one of the biggest arguments for Justin Patton to leave like yeah. I thought I thought one of the best things Justin Patton had going for him was his potential now you stay another year you stay another two years all of a sudden that that really, really seductive potential element dissipates a little bit. Whereas, whereas someone like uh, like Tyshawn, I I think that his stock is more fixed in terms of it is what it is. The only thing though is like at the same time, I I also feel like there's something too. You can sit there and be like, and, and I agree where it's like, you know, the NBA will find you if you can play, regardless. Agree. But I also think your name matters. Like he would, he would get a a bigger and deeper look from NBA guys next year. In my opinion, he wasn't on anybody's board at all on anybody's radar a year ago. He is now, and I guess for me, it's like if you're going to be like Creighton's a preseason top five team. You, it's it's not crazy to say that a preseason top five team is a Final Four caliber team. Is it crazy to like? Is it crazy to paint a scenario where next year, if Tyshawn stays, next year Creighton goes to the Elite Eight? Tyshawn's the Big East Player of the Year and Big East Defensive Player of the Year. Like, if that right. happens to me, I think his stock would increase to being at least a one of those guaranteed second round picks. I think so, possibly, but there's I just I don't know. I don't know, and I think that I, I guess what my my thought is is that I could understand. If Tyson was like, I get the case you've laid out, but I don't want to bet on that. Sure. I'd rather just make my whatever it is, $200,000 in the G League because that's a pretty sizable check. Yeah, I'll develop. Yeah, right, right. I know. And then I know. when I get my next, you know, my next paycheck, my my next contract, hopefully that's a long one. And that's where I make the money. I would imagine that would be the counter. But again, there's so many ways to go about it. And, yes. and I think that um, to me, What's interesting is that uh, the the sort of draw, the allure to stay in college has dissipated. Totally. And um, and so you're seeing more. I, like I texted you the other day, I think it was last year, um, 44 non-seniors did not get drafted. They entered the draft, and they did not get drafted. 44 non-seniors. So 44 guys with college eligibility right? Uh, who could have helped their team, who could have made deep runs, who could have improved their draft stock potentially, were, were, were kind of like, yeah, I like that idea, but you know what I like better is actually making money and then trying to develop and pursue this goal um, on the professional scene to dive in right right away. And so I think that that when you're in in a position like Tyson Alexander's in, there's really no bad option. I mean, you go back to school and you have a great year with a good team, a a bunch of guys you like, or you go pro and you make money. Right. I mean, both both routes are are understandable, so I'm curious to see what he does. I I, I don't know how you felt, Nick, but I was a little – there are a lot of Creighton fans, at least on my timeline, who were shocked. Yeah. They're like, why would you ever do this? And I, 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 I would push back a little bit as to say it's more and more common uh, for, for college players. The, to the paradigm has shifted. You're exactly right. Because like you, like you said a little bit ago, it used to be you only left college early if you were going to be a lottery pick. And at the very worst, a for sure first-round pick. Like leaving school early to be a second-round pick was – almost like, what are you doing? (laughs) And then leaving school early and not getting picked was like, cue up Sarah McLaughlin in the arms of an angel and let's all like weep over what's that. Like now it's kind of like, it's just whatever. Like you see it happen all the time. And I wonder what the, you wish you could be like, well, what is, what historically do the guys that return like does their stock increase that next year the hard part yeah. of it there probably isn't like a 
study for that because it the ultimate variable is involved in that study and that's a human being you know what i mean like right. you just don't know like for every Doug McDermott stayed and Doug McDermott's draft stock increased. He went from a late first rounder to what was he 13th? I think the 13th pick right. or the 11th yeah. pick, like without question it increased. But I wonder if Tyshawn looks at guys like Miles Powell or Marcus Howard and thinks to themselves, what, did their stock really change by coming back? Maybe not. And it might have gotten worse. It might have gotten worse. Um, yeah, Doug was the eleventh pick. Eleventh. Okay. Good, good old Google. Shouts out to Google. <laughs> told, told us what's going on. Um, yeah, and, and as a side note too, because I was just thinking about this as you were talking about it, um, a guy like Kyrie Thomas. Yeah. You know, because I've heard from Korean fans a lot. He's like, well, did he make the right decision because he could have stayed for another year, been the National Defensive Player of the Year, got a lot of accolades, and said he went. And into the draft and got picked in the second round. And now he's like kind of on he's the grinding. fringe roster yeah. spot, right. you know, like, but my, my counter to that is like, well, I mean, first off, he just got his degree. Um, yep. So he was able to do that while trying to pursue his dream professionally. While and making too many dollars. Yes. I mean, he's, he's making what I would make in like 15 years. He's, he's a millionaire. Like he Kyrie it, Thomas yeah. is a millionaire. Right. It's hard. It's hard to, to when we're talking about that kind of amount of money that you can sort of cash in on right away it's hard to you know it's hard to come up with a counter argument at least it is for me anyway. yeah and that's why i've now i've always kind of been sure here like selfishly because i'm a i, I we're gonna cover the team and be at all the games and all this stuff do i do i selfishly do i wish tyshawn would sure come back you damn right i do you know what i mean like of course i do just because i want to see this team i want to see this team as it's currently constructed get a crack at the NCAA tournament together. You know what I mean? Like, of course I do. But, you know, everyone's at some point in their life, whether you like it or not, like has to be selfish with their own life, you know? And like, this is Tyshawn's life. Tyshawn does what's best for Tyshawn, not necessarily what's best for, you know, Blue Jay fan 88 on Twitter that wants to, <laughs> yeah. you know, that wants to watch Creighton beat down that door and, and finally get to a, a sweet 16, you know, and right. that's why I never, I don't know, like I'll never begrudge guys or, or, or look down my nose at guys that want to go get money. You know what I mean? Like I, I totally, I totally get it. But the, the hard part is like you bring up Kyrie Thomas and, and cause like there's been over the past, you know, was it now seven years or so that Creighton's now had this, this could be their fourth underclassman enter the draft early mm -hmm. and, and I think each are dramatically different. Doug was, or I guess Doug didn't. Doug elected to come back and then played himself into being a lottery pick. Justin Patton decided to leave. I think he was the 16th pick. And and the difference is Kyrie Thomas's draft stock was higher than Tyshawn's right now. Like Kyrie, yeah. Kyrie was a fringe first rounder. And right. if you remember, I think Kyrie tweaked his hammy during the pre-draft process, and I think that really hurt him. Like, I actually think if Kyrie would have gotten into more workouts and been able to do more, I think Kyrie would have been a, a, a potential late first-round pick. But So, like, I think of all the draft stocks that we're talking about, from Doug to Justin Patton to Kyrie and now Tyshawn's, Tyshawn's is by far the most fringy, even draftable. So it's almost hard to compare him to these other guys. No doubt. It is, yeah. It is, and you're right about Kyrie. And he got hurt after he had already declared and signed an agent. Yes. So it was like in June, I think, or late May, right when those workouts were starting to ramp up, right ahead of the draft. And uh, maybe that was one of the reasons that triggered his, his uh, I mean, him going later than what was projected by him. I think he was still within the range, technically. I Probably, think like, yeah. I think he was, he was like... Tw pick 20 to pick 40, and he yes. went 38. Yeah, I thought 23... I, like, for some reason in my mind, I was like 23 to 39 was I, what I thought I heard or something like that. Right. But yeah, he, so he went in his range. In the range, yeah. but very on the bottom of it. Yes, yes. But different, as you said, than, than what I'm sure Tyshawn Alexander is being told. But hey, maybe we'll find out more, and, and he's going to find out more as he goes through the process, and perhaps he hears some stuff he doesn't like and decides to to return to Creighton. We'll right, see. Right. Right. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see what happens, man. I mean, I, I, you know, if, if I was a betting man on April 10th at, at, at five I don't, th I think Tyson Alexander stays in the draft just based on kind of reading the tea leaves and, 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 you know, talking to a few people today, 
But uh, again, you never know. I mean, you, you just you, you you never. I mean, the the door is still open, the, and the door is still yeah. open for a reason because I bet Tyshawn doesn't doesn't totally know. And you know what? Like the one thing that gets lost in these conversations is like, good on Tyshawn, man. Like this dude worked his ass off. I've always liked Tyshawn a lot as a guy. I think he's a he he's always got a very professional approach about him, like a very business like approach. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a guy improve as a defender over the course of one year more than what Tyshawn just did. He's worked his ass off to even have this decision in front of him, and so good on him for that. No doubt. And I think the other piece that was really impressive about him during the year was his maturation sort of mentally and as a leader, um, his ability to kind of, you know, part of it, maybe he was motivated too by the idea or the allure of the NBA, and recognizing that I got to do different things, yeah. contribute in different ways. But I think also he felt a uh, um, sort of a responsibility to the team to say like, oh, look, I gotta, I gotta be better as as a as as a leader, as a motivator, as a guy who inspires his teammates and the way that I interact with them, the way that I, the things that I value and what I'm going to sacrifice to make sure this team achieves what it wants to achieve. Like he made a jump and and grew. Um, as a as a player individually, sort of uh, emotionally and mentally, which was really commendable too. Uh, in addition to everything you just said, because as you said, yeah, he got better in a lot of ways too on the court. Okay, the other big news uh, that that unfolded uh, today is Davion Mintz is headed to wait for it, Kentucky. Davion Mintz is grad transferring to Kentucky. It's. Uh, it's pretty amazing to say out loud that we're living in a world where a player would leave Creighton to go to Kentucky in the hopes for more playing time. <laughs> that's, that's just kind of a, a weird sentence to, to throw out there. I guess, first of all, uh, I, I, figured, I, I figured Davion would kind of wait to see what Tyshawn decided before making yeah. this decision, but I, I, I'd imagine Ty, Davion's probably sitting there going, well, I can't wait for forever and if I got this offer in front of me and I like it, I gotta go. I, I gotta. I gotta take it. But nevertheless, I, I guess I, I don't. I don't really. I was stunned, and I know we use that word too much. Like I was stunned, shocked, jaw dropped when I when I saw this news. Uh, were you? I guess. Like I, I. I thought the guy was. I thought it was more realistic that Davion was going to go to like UNC Greensboro or UNC Wilmington to go just be the man than go mm-hmm. to somewhere That's like Kentucky. Thought. You know, yeah. I think that you know, I was surprised as as you were. No, no doubt. I didn't. I didn't know that um, that was the route he was going to take. But I guess there's two things that kind of stick out to me about it: the decision to go to Kentucky. I think one, it sort of signals that Davion is thinking, like, I need to get more eyeballs on me. Like, Kentucky's going to have scouts at practice. Sure, it's going to be promoting its players. Um, in the inner circles of college basketball, um, obviously scouts at games. Like you go to a place like Kentucky, just think about how connected coach Cal is. I'm sure like throughout the inner workings of the NBA, like the idea is I want to go pro and Kentucky's going to help me get there. So I think that that's something as good as Creighton is at producing NBA talent. And um, you know what, Coach McDermott has done over the last few years is really commendable. Hey guys, quick break to talk to you about pillow windows and doors. And you know, here's the thing: putting in a new door, new set of windows, it's really exciting. It's really fun, but it can be kind of intimidating because you don't even know where to begin. Well, let me help you out. First of all, you got to go with Pella, duh. And with Pella, there are a couple of directions you can go to get things uh, rocking and rolling. Number one, you can schedule a free in-home consultation. It's free. You're going to get a Pella expert out, sit down with you, look at your home, and then they're going to be able to sit down and get a Greg McDermott, Dana Altman, Darren DeVries, Paul Lusk, Jeff Vanderloo, Al Huss, Terrence Wrencher type of game plan for you. The fits your budget, your home, your wants, your needs. You can go that route. Or, number two, second route, you can get out to the showroom. Showroom's really cool. And sometimes it helps to kind of see the window and see the door and open it and close it, feel it, to get a better feel for exactly what you're going to be putting into your home. So that's a great route as well. Any direction you go, just know that Pella has a variety of products and can provide 100% provide window and door solutions to any home. And you're going to be working with great people the entire time. Give them a call. 402-493-1350. That's 493-1350 or online at PellaOmaha.com. Back 
to John Neatawa. It's not Kentucky. No and doubt. So that reputation like precedes itself. And so I wonder if that was a, what played into it. And then the other thing, I think he wanted to play point guard. I mean, you, you mentioned Tyson Alexander, and I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't you wait for Tyson to make find out what Tyson's going to do, even though it might de- linger into the summer if Tyson were to leave Creighton, a whole bunch of minutes open up, and you get an opportunity to play your senior year, which is what he wanted. You know, he wanted that kind of big stage senior year, go out with a bang, uh, showcase his skills. You get to do that. But kind of feels like he, he wants to play point because Kentucky – while it's bringing in a point guard, I guess just reading a little bit today, their five-star point guard they're bringing in reclassified, so he's a younger guy, and Kentucky's kind of interested, or at least it was interested in the grad uh, transfer market to get a guy who had experience at the point guard position and could kind of spread the ball around to sure. all its targets and and talent talented players. So. I guess that's what he's going to do. You're not, you're not going to play point guard at, at Creighton, obviously. No, that's Marcus. Marcus. the yeah. man. So yeah. I, I, that's, those are my two takeaways. Uh, I am I was still surprised, but uh, perhaps that was kind of what he was thinking. Yeah, I, you know what? It's, it sounds like the NBA thing was the driving force behind this. Like, yeah. you know – and and my guess was, you know, John Calipari in Kentucky really could dangle that carrot out there. And it's legit, dude. I mean, like, think about it. Creighton hangs giant pictures up on their practice facility for anybody that's even in the league. There's so many Kentucky dudes in the league. They wouldn't have enough space on the wall to could do that at Kentucky. You know what I mean? It's like, yep. so it's just different. Like, we're, we're not, no one's naive to that. Um, but the hard part about that is, like, you know, and I, I, I want to put this delicately. It's like, you know, I mean, there's also an element of like the D word delusion to a certain extent with a lot of these conversations too. Like, I mean, he's the fourth best guard at Creighton. And, you know, he, he didn't play this year and Creighton had their best season they've ever had. They won the Big East like with that like that doesn't I guess like you connect all those dots, you don't think that sounds like a NBA player. You know what I mean? Like right. and I I mean that like and I Davion's a great kid. He's a nice kid and he's a talented player. But I I, I also think there's just a little bit of head scratching with this of like, you know, the NBA is the driving force behind this thing. And I mean, you're leaving Creighton to go to Kentucky for that. I don't. It's just it, there's there are elements that I kind of go cross-eyed trying to fi- follow the logic behind that too. Right. You know, I I think I now I do agree with you in in a lot of ways because it's you do need to have an element of of realisticness. Like you got to be realistic when yeah. you're looking at what you can accomplish and where you stand. But I mean, knowing Davion, he's a pretty confident kid. Um, he's got a lot of family that supports him and builds him up and, and pumps him with some confidence as well. So I would imagine he's saying, you know what, I'm just going to bet on myself. And he probably at some point, you know, once he decided he was going to redshirt, I, I I think a lot of have seen some some fans sort of theorize that this was like the plan from the get-go. And I don't agree with that. I think that he would have played if he would have been healthy this last year. But once oh, yeah. he realized that, he didn't know if he was going to be healthy or, or that he might have to play at less than a hundred percent in January and February, he made the decision to redshirt and that sort of opened up a new option, a new Avenue to pursue and the allure of it, I guess, pulled him in. So we'll see what he can do. Yeah. I, I, I would be surprised if, if he was an NBA draft pick, certainly. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he found a, if he carved out a pro career somewhere. Sure. He, no, he's going to get paid to play basketball. Yeah, he's going to get paid to play basketball. I just don't think it'll be in the NBA. And right. you know, again, like we said, I just when he was, I expected him the the moment he decided to redshirt and shut it down this year, I was ninety nine point nine percent sure he was going to do this. He was going to grad transfer, and I figured it was, hey man, it's you know final year. He wanted to go somewhere to be the man, play twenty five thirty minutes a game, take a bunch of shots, and he can't do that at Creighton. And I, I understood that. But the problem is, he can't do that at Kentucky either. Like, if <laughs> yeah. he's going, like, I guess my, my whole thought this whole time when I saw the news, like, if you're going to go to Kentucky, if, if we're looking at it from, like, just a, you know, you, you're trying to, I, there's a part of me that goes, if you're, if you're going to go to Kentucky, why wouldn't you just stay at Creighton? But like mm. we said, we go back to that NBA thing of, like, he felt like 
maybe Kentucky is going to provide more opportunities for for exposure, but I, I don't know. This, this and the this option one's to a, play point. And the option like, to play point, I guess, that's right. Yeah, have, yeah, have the ball in his hands and kind of distribute. You know what, Nick? I thought he actually was making strides as a point guard his that last summer, like last offseason, junior sure. year into senior year. Like some of the passes he was making in practice, some of the reads he was making, like obviously it was Marcus Zagorowski's job. But, um, you know, he wasn't going to play all 40 minutes every game. So I thought that there was a chance that Davion would step in and run the show at times. And I thought he was going to show some improvement there. So maybe maybe that's what he's what that's one of the other things that he's looking for. But like, like you said, I was certainly expecting him to go to kind of like a um, I thought he'd go to Wake know, Forest, even if it's a high major or lower level yeah. high major where it was clear that he was sort of the man and could kind of just run whatever, you know, play, do whatever he wants with no, with no constraints. And, That's and in I this thought. case, you know, he's going to probably have to be a pass first. He's going to be, his role is going to be pretty specific. I would imagine because of how much talent around him and how many guys also want to eat. I wonder, came there to eat. Yes. That's the thing. It's like you're coming there. All those guys, every single dude that is putting on a Kentucky Jersey next year is there. It's a layover for them. They're they're like they're trying to get their name called in the NBA draft that next year, you know, and that creates a different dynamic. But it's funny, John, as we're talking about this, about you know, we talked about Tyshawn and we've talked about Davion. You know who's a huge disruptor and a huge catalyst behind both these decisions potentially? What's that? Marcus Zagorowski. Yeah. Because if you think about it. I like you talked about point guard for Davion. You know who's who's probably has to prove they can play point guard a little bit at the next level is Tyshawn. Mm, yeah, yeah. And there's also an element. I wonder if there's some conversations from the NBA people saying, do, you know, you there's some people that need to see you play point guard. And the reality is, again, like we've said, that's Marcus's spot. You know, like so it's amazing how I think Marcus is like is just kind of like a disruptor in the middle of all this. And he's so damn good at that point guard spot that it like, it makes it hard for Davion to showcase what he wants to showcase for the next level. And it, in some right. ways it could even make it hard for Tyshawn to showcase what he wants to showcase to the next level. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I thought had they played the NCAA tournament, yeah, it would have been a really big opportunity for Tyshawn Huge. for that reason. Huge. Yeah. Because he had, I think he, I thought he actually did some good things in that first half of the St. John's. I think he had like four or five assists and was actually like running the show at a, a fairly high level. Uh, Tyshawn for playing the yeah. point, but he, he missed some shots. Yes, I remember there were a lot of defensive miscommunication things going on with Creighton. Yeah, uh, those that's what I remember the most. But yeah, he made some nice passes. I, I thought I was like I, that's what I was telling everybody when Marcus Zagorowski went down. I was like, yeah, the ceiling is lowered for sure, but. Remember, Tyson Alexander played point as a freshman, and sure. he has that in him. And like we're talking about, he's he might be projected as that at the next level. He might have to slide over and play that spot, so he'd be eager to perform well. But obviously, we didn't even get to get a good look at that. So, what does let's say so so Davion's gone, and let's say Tyshawn is gone. What is what's the ceiling now, or what like how much does that alter? next season and what Creighton can accomplish with without Tyshawn? Such a hard question because I do you feel maybe maybe can we operate under the assumption that there's no serious injury? Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's just yes, okay. of course. Like let's just assume everybody's healthy and good and you know, yeah, like Marcus re- recovers and rehabs and his knees good and no one, you know, no one gets hurt. So in that scenario why can't they do what they did last year? You know, mm-hmm. like if you think about the way the roster's constructed, certain, certainly they lose Tyshawn Alexander and that's a huge blow in, uh, in many ways. He was sort of their, uh, I would say what most complete all around player. He was the best uh, two way player. No question. Best yeah. two way player. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's a, that's a blow, but perhaps it means then that Mitch Ballack slides over to the two. And you have Marcus Zagorowski and Mitch Ballack at the one and the two, and they play 35, 36 minutes a game. Sharif Mitchell will come in and maybe spell them. Maybe you slide Marcus Zagorowski to the two when Mitch sits. Um, so you have um, those that those two spots are secured. At center, it's 
Ryan Kalkbrenner, the freshman, Jacob Epperson gets healthy. He contributes there. Christian Bishop, the, the year he had as an undersized five, makes him an intriguing option. And maybe he even slides over to the four to take some minutes. Yep. Uh, he's going to spend all summer, I'm sure, working on that jump shot. And he's been doing it since he's been at Creighton. He just hasn't displayed it in a game yet. So uh, perhaps he gains the confidence of the coaches to play the four. So we're really talking about two positions, the three and the four, and who plays that spot. And right now it's projected to be Denzel Mahoney, Damian Jefferson, and Antoine Jones. And to me, that's a pretty good trio of guys. Mm-hmm. And obviously Creighton's still on the hunt for potentially adding more pieces. If it doesn't, you know, it's in the mix for a 2020 recruit, Kerwin Walton out of, out of Minnesota, four-star kid, top 100 player. Like if, the Jays weren't able to get him. They would probably attack the grad transfer market really hard and find just like a depth piece yeah. to add to that group. But um, it would look different. It, I mean, the team would operate in a different manner, but I think there's still enough talent there with a guy like Greg McDermott, the way he moved the pieces around this year to find the best version of that Creighton squad. Like why wouldn't he be him and his staff be able to move the pieces around with that much talent again next year? and find the best version of Creighton. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, they probably – okay, you move, you remove Tyshawn Alexander. Are they preseason top five? Probably not. Oh, but, no, no. But, yeah, you know, like, right. are they preseason top five? No, but are they preseason, are they preseason top 15? I would I would say yes. Yeah. You know, like right. – and so, I think – like, we've seen – you see teams all the time that are preseason top 10, like Florida – have a rough year and not and and struggle, and then you see teams that were either you know unranked or in that fifteen to twenty year, and like they 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 rise up and have a great season. So like, mm-hmm. there's no question that like on paper, I can't look anyone in the eye and say, oh, they're 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 just they're just as good without Tyshawn. But that also doesn't mean that they are going to fall apart. You know, like they still yeah. have like Marcus is their is their most important player. Uh, Mitch is kind of the spirit of the team and really the vocal leader of the team. And then with with how much better Denzel and Damian Jefferson and Christian Bishop got over the course of this season, like th- that's that's intriguing. And then I do I do think like Antoine Jones is a really intriguing player. Like he's got a he's got a big East body. He's a he he's you know six six. He's a got a unique game he's actually a pretty good playmaker and passer mm-hmm. uh you know like so it, good in the post good, good in the, the post, post yes yeah. like I, so uh, it's weird it's like yes there's they're not gonna be, they're not gonna be as highly ranked in the preseason and I can't sit and tell you that they're as good with without Tyshawn but that, that also I also think they could could they win the big east and make some noise yeah abs- absolutely even without Tyshawn well I think about it in this way Nick it's like you know what team that was really good last year brings back everybody. Right. You know, it's right. college basketball. Right. Like if you're really good, you usually they're going to lose somebody, whether that person was a senior or is now ready to go pro. Like if you look at the rosters across the country, you know, that, that that's common. It's what's uncommon is to bring back four. Right. <laughs> and that's yeah. what Creighton would Creighton, do if Tyshawn yes. were, were to leave. So, and this, they were talking about a team that finished uh, seventh in the country. So to me, uh, they're still sort of in that outlier phase of Agreed. having so much experience coming back. And then you add in, you know, a top 100 recruit and Ryan Kalkbrenner at center and insert Jacob Epperson back into the to the mix. Now you have some size and rim protection that changes the way, the way you uh, orient your defense. And, uh, and then the guy, like you mentioned, Antoine Jones, who I think, I mean, there were times in, in the preseason where he was their best player, Yeah, you know, like he's a good player, he could, man. You can make an argument in Australia. He was their best player. Mitch Mitch was scoring a lot. Right. Um, I liked his game, but maybe maybe Antoine was their second best player in Australia. And and I think the biggest thing with Antoine will be he'll have to go what he'll have to go through what Denzel went through of learning how to like how to fit into the way of Creighton doing things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and and he'll he'll figure that out, you know. Uh so it's yeah, it's 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 interesting. It it really is. Um the last thing before we let you run, Alex O'Connell, the other big story of, of the week. It's just nuts. I mean, it's like, it's, you want to know how Creighton's grown as a program? Just look at the headlines of the last week. It's like Creighton, a player leaves Creighton to go to Kentucky because they want to have a better opportunity for their draft stock. 
a player leaves is potentially going to declare for the NBA draft and leave early, uh, and then Creighton gets a Duke transfer. I mean, all this stuff is just effing crazy <laughs> compared to what things were like 10, 15, 20 years ago. I like Alex O'Connell. I, I I do, man. I, I always, I whenever I watch them play, he was actually a guy that I thought with uh, with Zion and RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish, those guys. Like I thought he should have played more. To yeah. be honest with you, because he's a, I think he's a better shooter than his percentage would indicate. I think he's a career like thirty seven percent three point shooter. But like, John, I've lived in this world of like when your minutes are sporadic and your shots are sporadic and you're playing in two to three minute increments, it can it can be hard. But, you know, he's a former top 100 player. He's a good athlete. I think he'll be a good fit. Like, he's a sit one to play one at this point. Uh, I mean, what do you think of O'Connell? Yeah, no, I agree with you um, because the the thing for me is probably just hard to get a great read on him because he did play behind so much talent at Duke and his role was so limited. I go back and watched – went back and watched his high school clips. Right. Saw the athleticism. I mean, this dude was like throwing down ridiculous dunks. He's bouncy. Yes, like he's not like don't paint him like he's like he's just the the white stiff shooter that can't move. Like this dude is pretty bouncy, right? And then I heard some stories about him going, you know, toe to toe with some of the best prospects on the AAU scene. Like there was a um, a game he had against Colin Sexton in the Peach Jam, I guess, where like (laughs) I mean. Anybody who's anybody in college coaching was on the sideline for it, you know, like yeah. this huge collection of uh, of big names watching. So, I, yeah, I, I feel like those types of players that um, just have a untapped potential, they come to Creighton and they find a way to to realize it. I mean, there's so many success stories of 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 transfers that Coach McDermott and the staff have, have spotted. Um, who maybe are underutilized or just haven't really found the fit, and they come to Creighton and, and they flourish in this offense, and he seems like a guy that's tailor-made for what Creighton wants to do. So, yeah, I'm really intrigued. I, I'm, <laughs> I guess the other side note, too, that I'm intrigued by is, like, how does he handle the potential immediate ineligible or the immediate eligibility, uh, immediate eligibility uh, sort of rule change that could happen over the summer and if indeed that goes through if he wants to play right away but that's probably a topic for another day he's right. I, I really good get and as you said for Creighton to be in the headlines the way it has been it's crazy um it i, I kind of wrote about it earlier this week yeah. it sort of signals a new chapter in, in in Creighton Hoops history it seems like so yeah any so the the it will be the the only way he'd get eligible is if the legislation changes yeah okay Okay, and I, yeah, I'd be interested. Especially and you don't with, have to do it, right? Like it, it, they, the legislation, the way it's written, is like first time el- uh, first transfer. Time transfers yes. have the option to. Yeah, like I think if he wanted the way I the way I understand the rule, and again, this is just a proposal; it hasn't gotten uh, passed yet. The way I understand it is that if you, the you the first time you transfer, you have the option to play right away if you want, and yep. you know you do wonder if let, let's let's say Tyshawn Alexander is. It leaves for sure, and this legislation passes. It's interesting. I mean, it's right. it's it's interesting. I mean, because I think he's he really wants to showcase what he can do. Um, but boy, I tell you what, if you're looking down the barrel of sitting out a year or playing a pretty significant role on a top preseason, top ten, top fifteen team, I mean, I could see how that'd be pretty right. intriguing. Well, but that's certainly that's going to be one of the biggest things I'm going to be keeping an eye on is what happens with with that for. O'Connell, but yeah, it's a good pickup. I, I I think it's a it's it's just crazy, man. Like <laughs> you wrote about it, I we just laid it out. It's just why my oh my how things have changed with Creighton basketball. All you got to do is yeah. look at the last month. You know, about a month ago, Creighton won the Big East regular season title, and then all the stuff we just said. Like it's it's remarkable how much the program's grown. It seems like the Jays are doing a pretty good job of capitalizing on the momentum in the moment. Yep, uh, we'll see. That's kind of the question that I'll have in a year or two down the road is like this sort of surge. Creighton's had surges in the past where it's peaked. Um, this one seems like to be at a whole nother level. 
how do the Jays capitalize on it? And inevitably, you're going to have a little bit of a drop off. How steep is that drop off? That's another question, too, for the future. Sure. But you're right. Right now, it's like unprecedented times, it feels like, for Creighton basketball uh, to finish in the top 10 in the AP poll. Obviously, never happened. And one of the Big East uh, even share it. You know, like they uh, they built something pretty special. And obviously, now they want to sustain it. So they, I'm eager yeah. to see how they go about it. I know. That's what makes this coronavirus thing frustrating from the basketball standpoint of things. It was like, it feels like Creighton really worked hard to open this window of opportunity. And obviously, it can't happen now because the NCAA tournament was canceled. And then now, so that they got this, this next year where this window feels like it is really open. Um, we'll see what they can uh, what what they can do with it. So what's the what's what's the next things you're kind of tracking as uh, you're covering Creighton? I mean, just kind of seeing what happens with uh, the the recruit from Minnesota, I guess. Just right. tracking that yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's okay. probably the next sort of domino to fall because if if he if he joins the Jays, and perhaps they don't need to be as active on the grad transfer or I guess the transfer market because now if if a transfer thinks that he's going to become immediately eligible, maybe. You know, if Tyson Alexander stays in the draft, maybe that opens up Agree. sort of the the option for that player to say, well, I'll just join you guys right now yes. and, and yes. come on board. So, um, yeah, there's still – I mean, Creighton has, what, two open scholarships, three if Tyson were to leave. So there's a lot of opportunity for the Jays to add some, some pieces. And obviously they're bringing a lot back. Um, but, you know, they're going to be pretty active. They have been active, obviously, but um, – you know, they one of the things that they haven't been able to sell is playing time. Yeah. And once they get some more certainty with Tyson Alexander, they yeah. might be able to sell that. He's Johnny Atawa, covers Creighton, Omaha World Herald, read his stuff, listen to him and Chris Hetty on the uh, Half Court Press podcast. John, hey man, I appreciate you taking some time on a Friday night. Go back to being quarantined and uh, being a dad. <laughs> will do good talking to you nick as always all right my thanks to pella windows and doors if you're thinking about a new window or a new front door now is the perfect time give pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at pellaomaha.com we will see you next time on the nick bob podcast Production.